John Boyega beating the crap out of an alien is something that I did not know I needed until now. Allow it. Coming to you from the Fifth Element Podcast Network, I am Tashawn Pugh, and welcome back to another episode of Black Women Watch. Ugh. First of all, I just want to give a huge thank you to everyone who watched, lol watch, who listened to the first episode and gave back some kind words. It honestly means a lot to me and I just want to express my deepest and sincerest gratitude to everyone. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I don't want to take too long on my personal ramblings today because I really am excited uh, to talk about this movie um, for this episode. So it's, I don't know y'all, it's just, it's a classic. Like, it is a classic. I wasn't even 10 minutes into this film and I was like, yep, this is something I could see me watching for years and years to come for me to like introduce to my kids and it has definitely ended up on my like top list of favorite sci-fi movies ever. So you know it's a big deal. know it's a big deal. It's written and directed by Joe Cornish. It's starring John Boyega, Jodie Whittaker, and Alex Esmol. On this episode titled A is for Alien, this is 2011's breakout UK hit, Attack the Block. What is that, cuz? That's an alien, bruv. Believe it. When I landed in the wrong place, though, you get the wrong place. All right, first things first, we need to talk about my relationship and history with this film. And oddly enough, I don't actually have one. Um, Attack the Block is a movie that like I've always seen around or that people have always mentioned. Um, I've seen like gifs of it all over the internet, but I never actually took the time to watch the movie, which is funny enough because this movie was kind of brought back to like the forefront or back mainstream I guess I should say when um, John Boyega was casted as Finn in Star Wars and a lot of people just remember him being like Moses from Attack the Block Um, but my introduction into John Boyega actually was from the film Half of a Yellow Sun which is based off of a novel Um, and it also stars um, Chitwell oh god I hope I said his name right and Thandie Newton um and some other named, like, big-named actors and actresses. And that was the first time that I've ever seen John Boyega and everything, but I didn't really know, like, who exactly he was until Star Wars. And I just remember looking at, like, the trailer for it and looking at the poster and just seeing him on it. And I was like, yep, all right, I guess I'm back into Star Wars now, guys. (laughs) Because previously, I really wasn't keeping up with the Star Wars movie. Um, I love Star Wars, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Or I'm not super part of the fandom. But trust me when I say we will get into Star Wars later on. That's a whole, like, two-part episode, (laughs) honestly. But yeah, um, Attack the Block has just always been on my watch list. And... That's the thing that I love about this podcast and being able to do it is that not only am I going to watch movies that I previously seen before and just haven't watched in a long time, I'm also getting the chance to watch new movies that I haven't seen before and that I probably normally wouldn't even pay any attention to. So I'm kind of, you know, trying to expand my horizon and just watch something new, even if I like it or even if I don't like it. 
um, it's enough to say that like I watched a movie, you know, so I am just overjoyed, <laughs> over the moon to talk about Attack the Block. Yo, check it. More. More what? Them things. Lovely fireworks. Mommy, it's an invasion. Of course it is. Alright, so when we talk about Attack the Block, we need to talk about the actual making of the block, right? We need to talk about the making of the film. So, like I said, this was written and directed by Joe Cornish, and this is his directorial debut. And the budget he had for this movie was $13 million. Now, if you remember what I said from the last episode about making like a sci-fi type movie, even if you're if it's your like first film, it's so expensive. So Prospect's budget was around $4 million and this budget was $13 million. And honestly, I just, I really want to know what that pitch meeting looked like when he was trying to get the money to make this movie because, wow, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. If it's your first movie, that's, that's a pretty big budget to me at least. But, um, this movie was filmed in 67 days, which is which is pretty decent, pretty standard, I feel like. Um, and it was mostly shot in chronological order, which I think really kind of helps the actors out. But um, he said in an interview, Joe said that this film was inspired by the movie Signs, which is um, this movie where like these aliens were leaving signs in a cornfield. And his whole thought process to that was like, what if something like that happened, you know, here in London, you know, in these areas, like with these kids, like what would that look like? And I love that that's what he thought, you know, and what I really do just love about this movie and as a whole is that it is so contained like it's one thing to make an alien movie and then involve like an entire country or like you have to involve the world or whatever but it's something else when you make an alien movie and you only involve a certain area so as far as attack the block goes you know the block so to speak is the only area that's really being like affected by these aliens and i just think that's kind of like true talent you know and it, i feel like it makes it easier for you to um care more about the characters and, and care more about the place that they are calling home because whether you realize it or not like the block itself is a character right um, and I just thought it was really brilliant of him to really narrow down and focus on this specific um, area. But with that being said, making the block, you have to think about the kids and the block would not be the block without these children. Let me just say bravo, bravo, bravo. Okay, these kids, which they all now should be like mid to late 20s, probably early 30s. Um, these kids are everything, right? I mean, this movie would not have worked without this cast. And this is a movie where I specifically listened and watched out for the cast, the dialogue, and the direction. And let me just say all three of those things worked so well. I commend Joe on, you know, Joe and his team on how well they were able to just like <laughs> wrangle these kids together and just make an exceptional movie. And this honestly feels like something that 
like kids today would probably make like this just feels like a movie that a bunch of people like got together and they were like you know I'm gonna make a movie with my friends and oh it's gonna be about aliens and aliens are gonna attack the place that we live in and we have to like save London or whatever and it just it worked like it really really worked it felt super like heartwarming and endearing at times and it was a little scary but um I just think it just god these kids man (laughs) the kids are the future okay the kids are the future so Joe um reportedly uh, auditioned about 1500 kids for this film and most of the cast who were put in the film they actually found this from an online ad and that is how like John Boyega found out about the movie and they went in and they did like a number and series of um auditions before they you know were told that they got the part and what I really love about this as well is that as after Joe casted all these kids in these parts he tailored the the script to fit them right so he didn't want you know them changing according to the script he wanted the script to change according to them and i really love when you have directors who are able to to loosen the reins a little bit and just allow the actors to take control of their character and so i know he talked with them a lot about oh what are kids saying these days like not only did he spend an ample amount of going around and and talking to different people and getting research on um on language and and slang and and what the kids are saying on the streets um and trust me little linguistic me was so happy to hear about that because I just want to know like just being able to go around and talk to people and just uh ask them about how they speak where they're from it's just I don't know there's just something about it but anyway um and so he was just really trying to make sure that he got this dialogue down to a T. Now mind you <laughs> I am not from the UK um so all of this stuff that they're saying I'm like I think I kind of get what's going on I'm not 100% sure but I, I absolutely loved it and it just felt super authentic you know um and they didn't, you know, feel uncomfortable or anything like that when they were making the film. They didn't feel like they had to change their accent or they had to speak this way or do this certain thing. Like, Joe made sure to say, like, hey, you know, this is based off of you. You know, these characters are based off of kids like you. So I just want to know, like, you do what you feel you would do in this, you know, particular situation. So I I just thought that that was just really, really cool, man. And like I said, shout outs to Joe for just making sure that this was as real as it gets, you know, um, because I do know of certain other directors who just couldn't care less about this kind of thing. And, and you can tell in their work, but um, he really went above and beyond to make sure that like, I guess his target audience, um, really understood you know and really felt what these kids are feeling you know because another reason why Joe was so inspired to make this film was because he was mugged um like the main well one of the main characters Sam in the beginning of the film um he was mugged by like a group of teens and he realized that like not only was he scared for his life but they were scared for theirs as well, you know, so being able to use that and and being able to just look at them as kids and and just realizing that, like, they're having to deal with certain things in their life that is unfair to them and not, like, 
I guess, judging them on that and not being so quick to make assumptions, I guess, um, like a lot of people would, would do. And I mean, this whole entire film, I feel like it's just one big social commentary as well, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, him using that as a, a momentum to make this movie and as a momentum to explore the lives of these kids and the things that they get into, um, I think really just made this film stand out. I know in the last episode too, I, I talked about CGI versus um, practical effects. And so I know for this film, they didn't use as much C CGI um, as they could. They definitely wanted everything to be more practical. So all of the alien things that you see in the movie, these were actual people in like alien type suits and everything like that. And all the other stuff that they added to the film was CGI, but I mean, it just looks absolutely wonderful and amazing. And um, being able to shoot something like this in chronological order, I can only imagine just how, I mean, just making a movie in general, I feel like is super frustrating, but you know, wrangling extras and, and having people in these suits and, you know, you having to do all this extra stuff. I can't just, ugh. It just, it feels overwhelming to me. Um, but they actually shot the, uh, all the scenes when they were in like the apartment complex, they shot that on a set, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, it doesn't even look like a set at all, but it was, and that just goes to show that like, if you have some really good set designers, production designers, you can make this stuff look real. And um, there's actually a documentary that you can watch about the making of the film on YouTube. And John Boyega talks a little bit about how he had to kind of make his his specific apartment for his character, you know, look lived in and everything. And they added actual photos of John when he was a baby in there. And he's just like, you know, this is important to the character, to know the character. And I always feel like, again, I said earlier, like the block or this apartment complex is a character within itself, but you can really tell a lot about a person from how their room is or, or from how their house looks and everything. And I think they did a really good job in making sure that, you know, these kids really fit the part, you know, and um, it, it just, it looks really, it looked really good. And I know that they were super proud of the, of the outcome of it as well. What kind of alien would invade some council estate in South London? One that's looking for a fight. <laughs> now for this amazing cast of characters, um, I really want to talk about them and just how much I love and adore them, okay? Like, I was like, I just met these group of kids, but I would kill for them, okay? Um, so firstly, we have the girls, which include Tia, Dimples, and Dion. And these girls really kind of serve as like a, a rock. They're like, they bring these these boys back to earth when they need it. And I just love their introduction. I think they're the cutest things. And I just, again, feel like I've never, like I said, I've never been to London. And so I don't really know what teenagers in London at this time would act or be like, but I if I was to think of it and if I was to like point out a picture in the dictionary, like these girls would pop up beside them, right? Um, 
So I, I just, I, I think they're the cutest things ever. And I thought it was funny too, uh, when Sam, not Sam, Lord, when Joe, the director was talking to one of the girls and, you know, he was asking her like, okay, what would you do if you were to come across an alien like this? And she's like, well, I wouldn't touch it. Like, I don't want to get chlamydia. And I just, I cackled at that really hard because he actually used that for the script. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that, like, he didn't change them according to the script. He changed the script according to them. And I thought that was a really cute and like, that feels like a really teenagery thing to say, right? <laughs> like if you're like 14 or 15, you would probably say something like that. So I, I thought that was really cute and um, a really good comedic bit. Um, and Tia, she's kind of like the leader of these girls and she kind of has a thing going on with Moses. I don't know if they're like, dating but there is some sort of tension between them and I can tell that like Tia is the person that Moses really listens to right because I feel like he doesn't really listen to anyone else and he doesn't really start I guess to physically uh feel bad about his actions until Tia says something so there's a scene in the movie where stuff is going down and all the guys end up at I think Tia's apartment in the in the complex and she kind of like scolds him and she's like you know you're always getting into stuff Moses like you're out here robbing people like this stuff is not okay you know and just like you can't just bring that to my like my house right um and, and it's then that he looks sort of remorseful for the things that he has done which I I do feel like he he probably felt really bad, you know, when he was robbing this poor lady, but um, that's not something that you can really show, you know, when you're supposed to be intimidating and whatnot, but um, I love the relationship that those two have, and I'm really happy that they didn't try to force the relationship, like, again, just from the brief pieces of dialogue that they have together, you can sort of tell that there is something there, but it, it doesn't really need to be explained or to go into because number one, quite frankly, you really don't have the time. And number two, I just feel like it would be a waste to try and force something to come of this when um, you really don't need to. So I just really love these girls and I just think that they're so cute. And I loved when I think it was Tia and Dimples, they were trying to fight this this alien that got into their apartment and it's just like it again it feels like if you were just with a group of friends and this alien attack randomly happened and now there's an alien in your room like yeah girl I'm taking my shoe off and I'm hitting it too like that that's just how it is so I, I just really love them and they really seem to love their characters and they really um seem to have a good a they, they felt really good making this this movie and they seemed to get along really really well now on for the guys you have moses pest dennis jerome and biggs also shout out pogo r.i.p pogo <laughs> uh spam <laughs> f in the chat for pogo um but one thing i can say about these these group of, of guys these group of boys i guess i should say um, is that they are so loyal to Moses and I don't know, I just, I feel like that's something that I've never really seen before. I mean, I feel like I have, but just in the way that they were like really devoted to Moses and how they really looked up to him. And I just loved how much they like loved each other and how much they talked about like how they loved each other. Um, that's not something that you really see, especially 
with this kind of group because outside of Pest, everyone else in this little group or, or gang or whatever you want to call it, um, they're all black. And that is something that stood out to me the moment that I started this movie and why I was smiling like a doofus when I was watching it the entire time. You know, because like you don't get this kind of cast all the time, right? Um, this isn't something that you see on a daily basis. So when I think about movies like this or when I think about these sort of casting situations, I think about movies like uh, The Sandlot and... Uh, it and Stranger Things, you know, where you have these group of kids, mainly in a in a sci-fi type of setting, but they're all white kids, you know, and it's just like, maybe I want to see a, a group of black kids fighting aliens. Like, I think that would be the coolest thing in the world. And this is the closest that I've gotten to that. And um, it's just really important for representation and I know that this is something that has been coming up a lot lately especially in terms of Hollywood and people being called out for their so quote-unquote you know diversity when it really it's not but diversity especially in the media is so important like this is no laughing matter this is nothing that we can just try and brush aside like no like the media is a very very powerful tool to have and you know, it, it really matters who you put on the screen, right? So it just makes me think about the time I went to go see Annie with Kwame Jene Wallace and why I was crying the entire time because that's not a sad movie at all. I actually quite enjoy Annie and the music and everything in it. But, you know, Annie growing up for a lot of people, she was this, you know, red-haired white girl but for me she was this black girl with hair that looked like mine right and she was the main character and I just can't explain what that did to me like growing up you know and I want to make sure that my sister is able to see herself in the people that you know she watches on television and, and in movies and things of that nature so I just thought it was so important and I was just so happy to see this group of black kids you know from from the block fighting aliens because that excuse my French but that kind of shit matters and um I just, I just love them. They're all so funny. <laughs> they're all so funny in this movie and they all just, they're just kids. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, they were just kids when they made this movie. And again, you could just tell that they had a really great time with what they were doing and they enjoyed themselves and they really made the role into their own. And, um, they're just, they're just so cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're just so freaking cute. I can't help it. I can't help it. So I do want to just go into this plot a little bit. First of all, let me just say the plot is extremely smart. Um, I feel like if I was writing an alien movie, this is not the first thing that I would come up with. So basically, um, when Sam is being mugged in the beginning of the movie, uh, they get interrupted by, you know, this alien falling into this car that's beside them. Moses and his gang investigate. Moses gets scratched, attacked by it. They follow it out um, and they <laughs> beat it up, you know, gang up on it, beat it up. 
And it just starts off a chain reaction where all these other aliens are coming after Moses and everyone's trying to figure out why. Like, why are they concentrated on this specific area? And there was actually um, a line in a movie where John Boyega, his character Moses, he was just like, you know, I think this is the government doing this, you know, um, they're not killing, you know, black boys aren't killing each other enough, so they have to send down aliens to like do the job. And I know for a lot of people that might seem silly, but honestly, if you were to tell me this today, I would probably believe you <laughs> just because I do believe that the government has some sort of sector devoted to extraterrestrials and, and things outside of this world. Um, and if you were to tell me that they released aliens or whatever else, you know, into the world to kill people, I'd be like, yep, that didn't sound like too much of a conspiracy theory to me. <laughs> but I just, I love the whole, um, of it all you know where it's just like these kids are are battling for something right and they're and they're just trying to survive and you just think about that in regards to real life you know like these kids are battling something every day um and it's just the the lens that they have to go through in order to make it another day you know, and you have people constantly belittling you and telling you you're never going to amount to anything. And they just kind of push you to those outer brinks of society. Um, and it's just, it's really sad. It's really sad. And I think Joe did a good job in taking that kind of, um, let's say element, but just taking that problem and then turning it into a movie where people can look at this and they can understand, right? And they can relate. Um, some people can really a little bit too much, but overall, I just think this plot is just, it's pretty A1. It's pretty simple. It's a simple plot and I enjoy simple plots, um, but it doesn't like overdo it and it doesn't baby the viewer when watching it. I feel like a lot of movies nowadays or just movies in general, there are certain directors who try and baby the audience and try and hold their hand. But it's like, no, like one of the number one rules of making a movie is, you know, being sure that when you're writing it, that you know the audience is smart, right? So you have to treat the audience like they're smart. And Joe did that with this movie. He, you know, didn't explain too much, but he explained just enough to where the audience is like, okay, I can figure this out on my own, you know? And then that way they would feel more positively toward the film versus, oh, well, they just had to explain every single thing and, you know, it makes them feel a certain type of way. So I really enjoyed this plot and um, yeah, it's really good. And I'm just going to say it, since we're talking about sci-fi, I believe that aliens are real. Truthfully, I'm going to have my little conspiracy rant right now, but I believe that aliens are real and there's no reason why I feel like I shouldn't believe that they aren't real because I'm just, I'm just saying, y'all, we're on earth, right? There's how many other planets in the solar system? And then we're in the Milky Way galaxy. And then you have to think about galaxy and universes and the fact that there are probably other galaxies and other universes. And then you have solar systems within that. I just, I just fully don't believe that we're alone. But anyway, yep. So there's that. <laughs> Do what you will with that information. What's wrong with you, man? You got tools. Jesus, he looks about six. I'm nine and a half. <laughs>
it's so interesting to me to be able to watch the careers of these young people um, take off, which young people, they're older than me, uh, to take off. Like, you know, for example, John Boyega, um, I do believe this was his first uh theatrical debut um as well and he's gone on to have such an amazing um career you know as as far as being put into star wars which is like the biggest movie franchise in the world in history um but it is you know sad given the circumstances of how things happen but nonetheless like he was put on such a high platform and I just know he was he must have been so excited when he got that call to be in that movie and the same goes for uh Jodie Whittaker which I am not too sure about her past filmography but I do know that she was in um Doctor Who which is a really big show over in the UK and I guess in the US I've never seen it but I've heard great things about it um I think isn't she like the first doctor like the first woman doctor of that uh of that series I, I believe that she is but I mean it's just it's it's so amazing to to see what um they do you know after they get these types of roles and I really again commend Joe on making sure that the people that he got weren't you know big name actors or actresses you know that they're just like regular people like you and me um you who were starting off in their and their acting careers and he was giving them a chance you know and I think that's that's what Hollywood needs man like movies like this like this is the kind of stuff that I want to see like don't get me wrong like all the other movies with all these big A-lister actors whatever they're cool and everything but like this is the kind of stuff that I want to make this is the kind of stuff that I want to see you know and I want to be sure that not only Am I getting the opportunity to, to make these things? But I want to also be able to give back and make sure that these up-and-coming actors and actresses um, get their chance to be put on, you know, because so much of it, so much of Hollywood is just, is just dictated by the same group of actors and actresses. And after a point, it just gets old, you know? And I think introducing new faces, fresh faces to the scene is always the way to go. And so I'm just really happy that um, John and Alex and, and all these other great kids were able to get their start, you know, to get their shine with this movie, even though I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have any trouble getting anything else because they're all obviously amazing but um having this movie I think it just it really means it just really means a lot <laughs> call the police you'd be better off calling the ghostbusters love I think the social commentary um of this movie I guess given for the time it, it, it's really well done um it's subtle but it's I guess what I'm trying to say, it's not like all in your face. Like I know that there are movies that try too hard to like get this theme or message out to the audience and they try and over explain it. But really, I think you, you start to understand where exactly this movie is going and what it's trying to say um, off the bat. You know, you have these group of kids, they're robbing this woman and make no mistake, you know, this white woman, I feel like, you know, she was white for a reason. Um, and you know, at the start of the movie, you can't see their faces. They These kids have their hoods up and everything, so you really don't know them. And again, like, you start to make assumptions based off of, like, this first initial uh, impression and meeting. 
So um, throughout the film, you know, Sam, who uh, Jodie Whittaker plays, like you can tell from her character that she has these biases and assumptions about who these kids are supposed to be. And it's funny enough that they all live in the same apartment complex. Um, and, and just, I think it worked really well how their lives became intertwined with each other because at the end of the day, like they both needed each other, right? So they needed Sam because she was a nurse and she could help someone. And in this instance, she helped Pest when he got um, attacked by one of the aliens. And in this instant also, you know, Sam needed them because, you know, she needed to be protected, you know, and they were able to um, provide that for her. And it just, I think it really just breaks down the whole, uh, I guess when you say stereotype of just like these young, these youths, as they say, <laughs> these youths, um, it, it just really breaks down this, this whole stereotype of them being like inherently bad. You know what I mean? Um, like I just said, they were put in really tough situations and they needed an out. And I think you can't really fault them for that. Um, you really just have to look at the system that they grew up in and you have to look at the society as well. And that just goes for not only for, I guess, that particular area, but just for everywhere. Um, I don't really want to go down that road because that's a whole nother topic of conversation. But um, I think the story of this of this film was just done brilliantly and I just think overall this is a movie that you could just sit at home and watch and you can get a really good message out of it and you can also just get a really good laugh out of it um brilliantly well done and I just <laughs> I just absolutely love this movie y'all like I had an idea similar to this, but I don't want to put it out there because you know people be lurking, people be listening, people be trying to steal your stuff. But um, I mean it when I say that this is the type of stuff that I want to make. And I mean it when I say is like, this is the type of stuff that I want to see more of. And I just feel like at this point in Hollywood, you know, a lot of people are just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And there are so many, you know, creatives out here with original ideas, fresh ideas. And there's so much like talent left unexplored that could really benefit, you know, if these people just open the doors and, and let us in and allow us to make things. Um, but I guess as, <laughs> as they say over there, big ups, fam, big ups, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> listen, if Don Cheadle can do it in Ocean's Eleven, so can I, all right? So can I, listen, fam, like, I love this movie, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great bruv it's great like big ups to big ups to joe and and the crew and the cast you know what i'm saying like it's done really well oh my god oh um side note just want to correct myself a little bit it is not thandy newton it is actually tendiwe newton so there you go put some respect on her name please thank you all right ladies and gentle thems is what black women are watching this week i want to thank you all for taking the time to listen and if you found yourself enjoying this please give us a good rating on apple's podcast give us five stars or you could give us four 
Um, I may tolerate three, two and one. I don't know about that. <laughs> but if you would like to keep in contact, keep up to date with things that are happening with the podcast, you can follow us on social media. Twitter is going to be at uppercase BWW the pod underscore. That is BWW all uppercase and then in lowercase the pod underscore and on instagram you can find us at bww the pod from the fifth element podcast network i'm tishan Pugh, and this has been black women watch i can't wait to see y'all here next week and as always be safe